You look like a baller lad. In terms of the overall package, then it's Messi, then CR7. Yeah. But do you think it's close? That's my point. I think it's close. I don't think it is. That's what you man don't want to bow down to Pele. No. No. Um, bro, who are you going to say next? No, no, no. Who are you looking at next? Garincha. Bro, stop this, man. He was playing up against- He was going up against electricians and crude oil cleaners. Oh, but Maradona was going up against who? And substitute teachers. Substitute teachers and bin men. Maradona was going up against who? Yo, Yem, you have to- Professionals, bro. Yo, Yem, you have to relax. 1986, he was going up against Gary Lineker. Brian Robson. Yo, Yem, you have to relax. You got that. Am I wrong? You have to relax. Am I wrong, though? Don't do that. Sanitary workers? What year? Sanitary workers? Yemi, what year was the hand of God? Masseuses? Yemi, what year was the hand of God? Masseuses? Don't do that, man. Not to the God, man. You know what he's saying? You know what he's saying? You weren't- I'm not gonna say it's easy, but Brazilian Yo, league in the do 50s, this, come on, man. Yemi said he played against electricians, bro. Bro, you know what the most sanitary workers. You know what the most against coal workers. You know what the most unhealthy thing is? What? In 50 years' time, this is how our kids are gonna be talking about Messi, and we don't deep it. It's disgusting. This is how they're gonna talk about Messi. Fuck, Messi played against BT workers. Do you get what I'm saying, though? This is how people are going to talk about Messi in 40, 50 Pelé years. Pelé against people who do your job, estate agents and shit. Property management and that. <laughs> Come on, man. You're going to be hanging. Relax. That's that. I'm just saying. That's that. Relax. I'm just saying. That's that. I'm just saying. You have to relax. Playing against EE workers. What's going on, world? Welcome to episode 55 of the Rhymes Like Dimes podcast with your boys, Peter. Yo. Mohammed. Yep. And myself, Yemi. Another day, another pod, guys. How are we doing today? Very well, bro. What are you saying, man? I'm well, man. Healthy. You know what I mean? What we can hope for, really. You know what I'm saying? Is it coming home? It's coming home. So uh, we Not are- Not Somalia, but it's coming <laughs> to my second residence. <laughs> your second residence? It's coming to my second residence. This is your first residence. Somalia's my first residence. This is what's my second. What's your address in Somalia? Mogadishu. See? No, Hedgesa. Wow. What? I'm from a place called Hedgesa in Somalia. All right, cool. Well, point being, it's coming yard, isn't it? <laughs> Fair enough. Um, for those who are very confused about what we're talking about, we're basically recording this the day of, actually a few hours before, Football's Euro- coming home again. Sorry, I got gassed. The Euro 2020 final between England and Italy. Um, by the time this comes out, we'll know um, if it's come home or not, meaning that if England have won it or not. And uh, boy, if it does, we're probably all going to be recovering from like a three day, I know we don't drink, but some of us- Don't say we don't drink. <laughs> Mo and myself don't drink. You on our the hand. It, it was- <laughs> It was, the, it was the royal we. Lungs of fucking <laughs> iron, bro. It was, it was the royal we. So what? Do we- First of all, but thank you for pointing that out. <laughs> so what are you saying? Are we, are we, are we all going to say what we think the schools are going to be? And do we find out if we're wrong or right when the episode comes out? 2-0, England. Sterling, Two, both goals. 2-1, England after extra time. I don't know who's scoring. I've got 3-1, England. The third goal coming late though. You think they're scoring three against the yeah, Italians? Yeah, but no, but I think the third goal is going to be, you know when they go all out attack and mm. it's just a counter thing. I'll go 3-1 England in it. I don't want to talk too much. Mohammed, how have you been? I've been good, man. Um, I feel like we've all been doing the same thing. It's just been a football week, whether it's the semis, whether it's the quarters. I think everyone's been on the same thing. I don't think it's just me. Um, no, I've been, I've... Yeah, I've been caught in the FIFA. It catches you, innit? You can't help it. It caught me after the semi-final. It did. Before then, I didn't really care. No, even after Germany? Nah, not really. Because I still saw a couple of things that I wasn't that happy with. And if they go up against a bigger team, it'll probably expose them. 
I think after Ukraine and Denmark, I was like, okay, starting to believe now. The Denmark those are the, those are the trickier teams that you that traditionally England yeah. have struggled against. And when England went down to, the, to Denmark and the way they came back, it was like, it's a different squad. That was character. Yeah, oh, I was, I was really squad. nervous, man. Oh, for real? I was really nervous. Even when we scored an equaliser. Yeah. I couldn't chill because Denmark still looked quite good. And it came Mr. Penalty as well, innit? Which made it worse. Like, well, oh. Yeah, man. It's coming home though. I'm telling you. Shout out to Tom and Kitten as well, fam. It's coming home. Yeah, they'll probably fuck around and get a number one off that. They, no, if they win it, they're going to get a number one. I think the top 10 already. So yeah, Tom and Kitten have basically reworked their classic uh, single, You Can Make Me Whole Again. Which they and, robbed uh, as well, by the way, but continue. From from who? Um, it's one um, Caribbean song. I forgot who it's from. Interesting. But Drake's always tells me, like, yo, they robbed that song. Like, mm. robbed it. So he must be raging about this Southgate one. Nah, he gets, he's just like, he don't play it. <laughs> I mean, it's. You know, I can't stand it. To be fair, it's regular procedure, isn't it? For well, just for who? It's taking shit. Isn't for it? who? For who? Just say it, bro. You said it before, Peter. For who? Bro? You said it before, though. Because I don't get. I don't get where you're going with Why it. Why are you so silent? <laughs> Why are you so silent all of a sudden, sir? <laughs> who takes stuff, sir? I'm talking kidding. So, how are you, Yemi? <laughs> <laughs> I'm very well. I'm very well. And listeners, we hope you're well too. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, whether you're listening on YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening, very much appreciate it. So yeah, let's get straight down to the show. Let's get to it. I'm gonna start with Mohammed. Mohammed, what have you been listening to this week? Um, pretty much nothing too crazy. I've been trying to listen to non-rap. So this is gonna sound crazy on a podcast, but you know how Bobby Brown and Keith Sweat had a verses. Yes. I decided let me go listen to Keith Sweat and Bobby Brown's discography. I couldn't do it. Um, what every single album? Yeah, man. I was just like, let me see what Keith Sweat's been. That's a lot of albums. Yeah, no, but I was just like, let me see it. Let me just try and expand my horizons. Mm. But I gave up after like an album. Don't even remember what the album was called. What, but Keith Sweat I, album? No, after a Bobby album. Keith Sweat's music I like. I prefer Keith Sweat's to Bobby Brown. What album did you album? listen to? Let me go check now. What'd you say? Does Bobby, Brown, does Bobby Brown make good albums? Nah. I mean, man. clearly not. Nah, man. God bless him, bro. You man are being disrespectful. God bless him. Does he make good albums? You will know more than me. He's got a couple. Good albums, yeah? Yeah, he's got a couple. I mean, solo, yeah, he's got a couple. Oh, for real? Yeah, he's got All a right, couple. Well, that's just me. I was just trying to listen to, I was literally listening to stuff outside my horizon with mm-hmm. Keith Sweat. Bobby Brown. Have you listened to the um, new edition albums? Yeah, 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 yeah. I was just, but then not recently, but I've been, I've listened to that before. Um, also listened to country music again. Oh yeah, you won that craze yeah, for a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went back to my country music phase. That's what explains why you were at the country club. That makes sense now. It's funny. Come on. You, you saw the visions. I get it. You saw the visions. I get it. You saw Dolly the Parton and them man just hey, man. inspiring you. Maybe like them doors, all them thing there. All of them thing there. Tim fam. McGraw. Come on, talk yeah. to me fam. Why are you shaking your head? <laughs> You don't want to be country with us, Pete. I'm good. All right, so what have you been listening to, Peter? Um, I've been listening to Tyler, the Creator's Project. All rap. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Coming from this guy too. Which which I thought was really good. Um, I've been listening to Brent Fires. Um, I like to teach tune with Drake and Pharrell. Oh, you listen to that tune, driver? Yeah, I listen to it. It's dope. Um, A lot of people don't like that. I I love love that tune. I like it. I love that tune. I like it. I was expecting him to sing, but Drake to sing, but he didn't, which is fine. Uh, we're listening to a you know, funk slash R&B group called Pacific Star. They dropped a project back in like 2017, which was like really good. So yeah, checking that out. Um, Willie the Kid dropped a project called Keep Him, Keep Watching the Fly. Also really good. And then, yeah, that's it really. Um, a bit of Puff Daddy No Way Out. Naturally. You know what I mean? Naturally, innit? Because that's the it, era of people. He has to listen to Puff Daddy. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a jiggy guy, innit? So I like to go back to the jiggy yeah. era. So yeah, I mean, what have you been listening to? You know what I mean? Shiny suits yeah. and that. Shiny suit. You know what it's just call yourself jiggy. The day you come to my house with a shiny suit is the day <laughs> I excommunicate you. What if you come to your wedding family? in a shiny suit? To the wedding? Yeah. Fam, 
I'll have security, bro. <laughs> I'll I'll have security, you bro. know, for my next birthday party, I think I'm gonna have like a nineties era party. Don't and I'm gonna, no, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wear a shiny suit. I thought you were gonna say like, only people can only wear shiny suits. No, 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 no. Because no. that would have been dress, insane. Like the just theme 90s. will be nineties, yeah. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna be puff or mace. I could come in the Dennis Rodman. You're clearly gonna be mace. Mace what? Mace who? They were mace do. So I've been listening to- um, Yeah, why have you been listening to him? <laughs> I've been listening to the new Vince Staples album, which is really good, self-titled. Um, I also interviewed him for The Independent. Salute, great week. Big up. Thank you very much. So yeah, check that out if you, if you want. Um, I've also been listening to, and Mo's gonna hate this, the new Doja Cat album. Um, How is that? I actually enjoyed it, bro. It's like, it's good, just pop. It's just good pop, good pop rap, basically. I did hear a lot of like, when she's rapping, I did hear a lot of like, inflections that were similar to like Kendrick and that. But oh, don't. she can she can rap. Can she? She can rap. She can rap well. Not to Royce or J Electronica levels, but she's she can sh- rap well. She's still trying and, to see um, Yeah, I'm looking at you, Pete. Anyway, um, but yeah, she can rap well, man. It was I was good, about was to buy it, but I chose not can to. Can she rap rap? I don't know about rap rap, but she can she can rap well. She can, I'll say that. She can, she can hold her own. She can hold her own. She can hold her own. But it was good. It was a good album, man. Um, if you're trying to just let loose <laughs> party and be be merry, then listen to the Doja Cat album. It's very good. She's still showing feet on camera or not? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about Doja Cat's life like that. Um, you really thought you did something there, didn't you? Um, but yeah, shout out to Doja Cat. Um, I also listened to the new Hiatus Coyote album. Um, mm. The first album in like five years, I want to say. Dope. Um, dope Australian bands. Um, kind of funky. Some places rocky, some places jazzy. Neo soul. Neo solely. You know, shout out to the lead singer. Dope vocals. So yeah, been checking that out. Um, checked out the new Dave and Stormzy tune, Clash. What'd you think of that? It was all right. I haven't listened to it yet. It was all right. No, it's just it's just Dave and Stormzy flossing. Cause that annoys me. I don't, no, you need that. You need that. You need the No, balance. not the flossing, the song. Why? Cause Stormzy's first four bars against Chip. I think that's evidential. What did Everyone he say? Where he's like, um, something about come, come to us after your birthday, all Bayless. Like, you know how he ran up in, you know how he, got, he went to Chip's house? Yeah. He done a play on words about coming to Chipmunk's house. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'll get the lyrics. Uh, yeah, get it. Yeah, perfect. And then something about, you know how Bayless come up to your house? Yeah. It's a play on words, innit? So the first four bars were everything. But, but why is he, why, why? Because I saw you man talking in a group chat about it. Why don't you guys like that? Because it's like, yo, he's, Chipmunk's giving you four diss tracks. Mm. Stop, dude, stop. He's been subbing them. What's the subbing doing since, at this point? He's been subbing them since Chip has been dropping. Whether it's on I don't know, whether songs. it's on this, whether it's on Skangman. the Skangman song. He's been dropping subs at this guy the whole time without even acknowledging him. Mm. And yeah, he saying. and you had a different energy to Wiley, completely different energy to Wiley. So Stormzy said overrated one, most hated one, slid round after his birthday, gave him a happy belated one, burned that bridge, cremated one, boom boom bailiff one. Got away with murder, this, that, Viola Davis one. And there's a couple other lines. Oh, swear. That's every, a bar. Every now That's an amazing and again. <laughs> Listen, it's a, it's a good song for that. Like they're barring, yeah. they're barring. And I like Flexi Dave. I like Flexi Stormzy. So I like that. So, you know, I salute. But my issue is just stop, stop. subbing. That's exactly. After a while. That's exactly. And why, why though? Why? What's wrong with you, subbing? You can't. Because essentially he's probably feeling as though you're not big enough for me that's to- a, that, That's a lie. Why is that a lie? Because. You chose that avenue of where you want to go. The minute you clashed with Wiley, mm. you have now chosen that avenue of, if a man barks at me, depending on where they are, I'm going to say something back. The minute we subliminal, you, you sent for him and I don't know. And then Chip went petrol station and giving you a video. I think you have to at that point, either leave it alone or stop mentioning his name. And to that point, he's from, <sighs> he's from the era, he's from the grime culture where what they know is clashing to end the thing. 
He goes and purposely hops on a song called Clash and drops subs. When my man has been dropping songs about you, naming you for the best part of like what, since October? And didn't you give an hour, didn't he give a time limit to Wiley? So you can't do that then. You can't give a next man time limit. So just so I'm clear, if um if someone goes at someone, they're not allowed if they don't respond to that person in totality, they're not allowed to No, you could sub him, subs. But if four songs later, it's like you're subbing someone four songs later. I mean there's been many instances. Yeah, but it's a year later, like, bro. Bro, there's been many instances. Yeah, but this is you, in the UK. UK. Um, yeah, America. Jay Z's the king of that. That's shit. important too. Jay Z's the king of that shit. But in the UK, nah. In the UK, we just sort this out with a clash, whether it's a song for a song, mm. whatever. Stormzy, and Stormzy can't big boy. J- you Chip can't Mark. do what you did with Wiley and then do this with Chip, man. That's I'm what sorry, I'm saying. You can't. Yeah, it, it tells me that you're scared. And Chip, Stormzy can't big boy Chip. Like I don't want to hear that. Yo, Chip's not on his level. Stop it. Mm. Stop it. If you ask me who I think is the better rapper, it's Chipmunk. Mm. And this goes back to what I've been listening to. I listened to basically Chip dropped a reply. Uh, say, uh, the song was called Clash Question Mark. Basically going at Stormzy and Dave. Basically went at Dave for saying, why are you letting this guy come on your tune and sub me? And he's going at him and they're just going at Stormzy as well. I don't, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with being mad at someone else choosing to use your record to go at me. I don't- I can't control I don't, you. Know I don't, yeah, I don't agree with that. You know what it is? You Unless know- I'm cool with you. Unless I'm cool with you. If like, me and Mo have a great, say me and Mo have a great relationship and then uh, me and Yem do a song together and then Yem, Yem, Yem starts sending for you. Like I probably would be like, yo, nah, because of yeah. my relationship with Mo. Yeah, but, but Dave might be closer to Stormzy than Chip. There's that as well. 100%, 100%. But my thing is with Chip and he said it in previous songs, I think it was in the 10 Commandments tune where he said to get pretty much pick a side and them appearing with Stormzy is them picking a side. So, I don't care what happens. I don't care who's on your side. I'm going at everybody sort of thing. It's mm. kind of like a gung ho, everybody's going down with me mentality, which I kind of rate because if my man is not responding to Chip, what has he got to lose when he's replying to everybody else? You yeah. know what I'm saying? So- It's corny, man. The tune was dope, um, but I just, they're all corny. Every, mm. Everyone's corny. Chip is corny for even responding. Stormzy's corny for still sneak dissing him and not addressing him to his face. Um, but we did get two good songs out of it, so. There's that. There is that. Um, but shout out to them, man, innit? Yeah, let's see how it unfolds, innit? It won't. It'll continue to be uh, subs you think, you think there's and never it'll continue gonna be... to be outright disses because they both live in each other's head, clearly. You think Stormzy's never going to ever actually send a diss track, diss track? <sighs> it might be too late to. It's too late. I don't think it's too late. Unless he's going to do it when he's in the album, man. Yeah, I don't think it's too late. The way Chipmunk's hungry. Actually, no, it might not be. Yeah, it's, it's probably not too late. Because if he's still dropping disses to Stormzy, then probably not. Didn't Nas wait a whole eight months before Aoife dropped? Yeah, different, different times. And, what, it's, and it's also the UK. Yeah, you're right. It's also the UK. We live in a time where people can literally respond in 24 hours. Did um Getz respond to P Money straight away? Straight away. Even though they I say Getz started it, but. I don't know, but I wouldn't put it, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he did. Wouldn't be surprised at all. But maybe now. I don't think it was straight away, you know. Was he answering your own question? I don't, I don't think it was. And why did <laughs> I mean, What, here's the thing. That's cool. They were supposed to, I think it was initially supposed to clash. Yeah, they were. Yeah, they were. That's cool. But we now live in a post chip Bugsy era, which basically redefined the rules of warfare. Mm. Meaning that if you get sent for, you have to respond fairly quickly. So I guess we're following those rules. And by those rules, Stormzy has failed. But if we're doing previous types of rules where you can respond at any time, then fine, whatever. But because we live in the immediacy era now, he's kind of failed. Mm. But- if he does drop something, we'll all listen, so. Yeah, he's got, yeah, yeah. Dave Man know as well. We'll be there no matter what, so. Big facts. 
Um, and outside of the music, I've also been listening to this podcast called Mogul. Um, shout out to Brandon Jenkins who hosts it, which basically tells the story of the life and career of DJ Screw. Um, how he came up with the chopped and screwed method, um, how popular he was in Houston, his legacy and all that as well. So very, very dope listen. Um, mm. So check it out if you haven't, DJ Screw. If you don't know about him, get to know. He's the reason why a lot of people do this chopped and screwed method. If you haven't, if you don't know about it, you've definitely heard it. Like Drake's done it, ASAP's done it, Beyonce's done it. So everyone's done it. Pretty much everyone's done it. Mm. Travis Scott as well. So big up Screw, rest in peace always. Right, let's move on to the first topic, guys. Right, yo. What was the accent? He's English, isn't it? Geezer, innit? Right, yo. He said that's something you always do to you. Geezers don't say right, yo. Don't they say right, yo? Why would they say yo? Right, yo. Oh, right, yo. Yeah. I thought you said right, yo. That's what yo. Americans think we do. What, right, yo? That's what Americans think we do. What, right, yeah. yo? But sound, sound like bare posh. Cheerio. Cheerio in that. Yeah, it's like cheerio, innit? It's just what that's the Euros finals does to people. It's cheerio posh. Yeah. 100%. Oh. Cheerio. I hear geezer said, it doesn't really sound posh. Oh, right. Who them? Who them, man? Two fat ladies. Whose man's is them? Whose man's is them? But anyway, um, what we're going to uh, discuss today is a UK-based topic. And- Oh boy. <laughs> there's no real easy way to say this really, but we've had this conversation for a long time about the UK um, on a music standpoint, um, especially in comparison to the US scene as far as rap goes, where you know we've seen seminal albums being dropped from pretty much the 80s to the present day. Um, the same can't necessarily be said of the UK. So I guess what we want to do right now is get to the bottom of that. Why does the UK struggle, inverted commas, <laughs> to make albums that could be considered seminal or classics? Now, obviously we do have a few, maybe a handful, um, not to the same level as the US, um, and we kind of just want to get to why that is and basically discuss it right now. So lads, what are our thoughts? This is a techie one, man. Okay. It is. Because it's offensive. It's is, a, it, is it all? Yeah, it's offensive because we've had a lot of artists come through our scene, UK rap, UK grime, since 80s, 90s, whatever in it. And there have been quite a few projects that have come through. So it's offensive to those that helped pave the way because it's kind of like, wait, I did all of this work, bust down the door for the next man's come true. And I believe I've put in quite a lot of work and released albums that have influenced many. And then you've got these three... Dickers. <laughs> these three chaps coming out of nowhere talking about, you know, we ain't really got no classic albums. What are you talking about? Yeah, so, it is so it is offensive. And like, I understand that perspective, but if we are being analytical... There, I think our scene, there hasn't always been an emphasis on like album making. And I've, I don't know, for me, because of like my earliest experiences with like you, the UK scene was so solid. That's where my mind goes back to. Obviously you've had the people that came before and all of that and respect to them. Well, that, but for me right. personally, So Solid was like the first. The start. So, yeah, I remember, like, I don't remember before So Solid, but I remember after So Solid. So even with them, there was still an emphasis on that single and those those independent tunes that would chart. There was never, it never felt like there was like a an attempt to ensure that their albums were cohesive. Because even when I go back to, um, and the album, the album name's escaping me, but the album that had 21 seconds in that. They don't know. They don't know, yeah, sorry. Um, it wasn't the most amazing album. Do you know what I mean? 
and so solid are very important to me and that's just one of many acts that have come from our scene that have given us great moments that necessarily haven't given us great cohesive albums so because i feel like there's there has never really been an emphasis on making that like an album album like that i think it's just kind of trickled on generation after generation and that's probably where a lot of it stems from as well there's always been an importance on ensuring that we have we have songs that chart to to pulling eyes and ears to our scene um but not so much bodies of work maybe because we haven't had maybe because our scene has been so new for so long yeah 100 percent. and we should definitely preface this by saying that these are just our opinions you know what i'm saying even if we are dickheads or chaps <laughs> in equal measure isn't it? or kings or, or kings there we go there we go you had to add that word yeah? you just had to bruv <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say guards to be honest but, I was you know. going to, but, yeah. anyway um yeah these are just our opinions and i agree with you i feel like because the scene is still very much we can even see it today the scene is very much developing in real time we're developing in a way now that the US was developing in the 80s and the 90s. So they've already got kind of got like a two decade um, head start on us. So we're still doing what they were doing then now. So that goes down to album making, that goes down to like becoming artists. Cause I feel like back in the day, um, especially in the UK scene, the Soul Solids and even before then, I don't think they were necessarily artists who prided themselves on making those albums. It was very much about making the singles, getting the exposure because that was what the market kind of was. Mm. Like, obviously we had Roots Maneuver, we had Black Twang, Rodney P and them, man. Skinny man. Skinny man. But they were still very much underground. It was until Soul Solid came through that we started to see rap music in the UK in a mainstream gaze. So with that, it's a single. It's not exactly an mm. album. It's not an Illmatic. It's not, you know, any of these things. So that's the foundation. Mm. And we've had to go through the eras, especially after grime as well, after garage, grime came, came a thing where, you know, the skill of the MC, you know, the bars, the, the songs, the moments took center stage and the album making very much went by the wayside or wasn't seen as, as important. Maybe by like, obviously by like the Dizzy's and the Kano's, they were seen as important. Um, but for the majority, they were in a minority. Mm. So it just goes down to what the mentality was at the time, um, which obviously wasn't on trying to make bodies of work that would stand the test of time. It was more so about becoming artists and getting those moments and getting those songs that would stand the test of time as well. So. And a lot of those, and just to piggyback on what Yemi just said, a lot of those um, important artists that kind of laid down the foundation for what the scene would become, a lot of them were, especially with Grime, a lot of them were like clashing. So that was their way of, you know, honing their craft and pulling people in. The evolution into song making didn't come till way later. We cared about the skill set. We didn't necessarily care yeah, about- Yeah, no one, we didn't know how to make albums. They weren't tour at any point. No one showed it in your face of like, this is what you got to do. This is how an album sounds cohesive. Everyone, I guess, was just a fan like us. And like you said, clashing was more- I guess everyone wants to be known for their skills mm. rather than their music making ability. Do you know what I mean? It was more, everyone was more on a tip of, let me prove I can rap. And then I guess they thought naturally everything will fall into place. Mm. And what people need to understand when Soul Solid and everyone was coming out, yeah, they had Skinny Man and everyone to look back at, but not really if you get what I mean in terms of here's an album. Like say in America, 
you've got an Illmatic because if we're in the early 90s they had an Illmatic to look at they had the Roots album to look at whoever and like this is what the album is meant to sound like if I asked you up before Soul Solid came out give me a UK album and go this is a prototype of what a great album sounds like it's not easy do you mm. know what I mean mm. so they were freestanding all over in the head of like yo this is how an album sounds cohesive this way this song goes cool that's what it so I guess it was a case of where it was it's trial probably, and error. Yeah, it's it probably like, only Roots Maneuver, really and truly. Run, Come and Save Me. I think that came out before So Solid came out. I think it was 2000, 2000 2001. Yeah. Same era anyway, but that was like the app. Well, yeah, obviously I wasn't get, around exactly. at the time, but that is the album that us as- Was like, here's one. Yeah, here's one. Yeah. Here's one. But that's my point. If it's just, if they don't have anyone to look at as well, it is essentially a trial and error. Cause it's like, mm. you don't know what you're doing. Like you are only as good as what's come before you. Mm. And Grime MCs will tell you the same thing. I interviewed uh, a Grime MC called Yizzy last year. Um, and I asked him about the difference between being a Grime MC and a Grime artist. He said, it's where a lot of people hit a brick wall. There are some amazing MCs that people don't even hear from anymore or just aren't doing music because they weren't, they were great at MCing. But when it came to songwriting and artistry, they just didn't know what to do. It's just about finding the balance between the two. So again, a lot of people emphasized being an MC rather than being an artist. And the artistry is what comes into making great albums. Someone like Dizzy and Kano, they understood the balance. Mm. So they perfected they perfected it, you know what I'm saying? And they've got the two albums that we consider the seminal UK albums. So that just shows you what having a mind towards the future and being an actual artist and this music is something that you do with your career, not something that, you know, you pay 10 pounds to go to a radio station to spit bars sort mm. of thing, which is what a lot of people did during them times. Um, it's just about just recognizing that this is what you want to do. And I feel like that's what a lot of people are today uh, realizing that they actually want to be artists rather than just MCs. And the market is a lot more accepting of that as well and more susceptible to that too. Yeah. Um, yeah, for me, uh, Dizzy, he, he changed it, man. He changed the whole thing because I don't really remember what album sounded like before Boy in a Corner. That was the first UK yeah, a rap album I bought. Yeah, because I went, I went back to um, Wiley's treading on Phil Ice as well, and um, yeah, it just wasn't. wasn't it, yeah, it just wasn't great. And considering that he's like given, you know, the title of creating grime and that, you know, I mean, it's it's a bit mad that it's shaky. It should have been. You know what I mean, it's, it's a bit. It yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Not it's what so yeah, man, like Dizzy, he definitely bust through the door with that. With giving us like not only our first proper grime body of work, but a flawless album in that respect as well that you would hope that people would be influenced by and would make something similar but that just wasn't really why do you think there was such a gap between Kano Dizzy because how many years and apart the was next great two album two years um, no I'm saying well I mean in between that was Skinny Man Counts State of Mind as well so even though that was still kind of underground it's still recognised now and probably a little bit back then as maybe not a classic back then but a seminal album, especially for UK hip hop, especially mm. from an underground D yeah. kind of standpoint. So I think for the seminal albums, there was Boy in the Corner 03, Council State of Mind in 04, Home Sweet Home in 05, and then there's- That's what I'm saying, why is that gap there? The 05 to the next one? I just feel like- Do you again, get what I mean? That gap is huge. I just mm. feel like again, like- I think artists were just trying to still figure it out. Yeah. Because yeah. you didn't want to be accused of just catting what Dizzy was doing or even what Kane was doing. You, you still were trying to figure out, all right, cool. How am I going to put my own spin on it? And then I was- So a lot of it was trial and error. And yeah, then, yeah, 100%. You know what I mean? And then- and You're gone. Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off at all. That's when the, I think the rise of, I guess the SVTVs came out, around about them times, that's when YouTube really started popping. So I guess everyone's more focused on showcasing their talent on mm. 
as a rapper level on YouTube before it's here's my album. Does that make sense? Because mm. when did Lord of the Max everything really start coming out? Early two thousand five, like mid. Yeah. Yeah. And but, then SPTV came out, Westwood came out. And then that's when I feel like everyone was like, all right, let me park away the music making side of it and show everyone I can rap. But the only f- like kind of bounce back I've got on that is that all these artists were still making mixtapes. So the mixtape was an opportunity to experiment with their artistry and try and, you know, see if they could make music in a, in a, in a profitable way. But a lot of them couldn't make the leap. Yeah, exactly. None of them could graduate from yeah. mixtape to album. Do you know what I mean? Because then they would drop what they would, deemed to be the official album and it sounded like a mixtape. So there was still that struggle. And I feel like probably those platforms and not, I don't want to say this man, but I think they contributed to the focus on just being nice as well. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Which maybe made some MCs yeah, because yeah. SBTV and them, man, they're just a graduation of Pirate Radio, of Lord of the Mics. That's literally what that is. Um, and to even flip it and p- look at it from a kind of industry standpoint, obviously you had Dizzy, he was an industry darling. Kano came through as well. The industry didn't really understand what was going on at the time either. Like they saw, they had they had Dizzy, cool. So any other label at the time is going to look for, the new di- for a new Dizzy, the next Dizzy, the next Kano sort of thing. So they're going to make them... Tr- move a certain way, be a certain way, maybe com- compromise their, themselves as MCs and as artists, quote unquote. Um, so it was very much a teething problem, not only with the artists trying to find the balance, but of in- the industry trying to find something that was already a winning formula that didn't necessarily fit with other artists as well. And that might have hurt um, their progression because if they're just trying to get signed to sound like someone else, that's not going to help, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So I think a lot of it goes hand in hand to where artists haven't been able to kind of make that leap, especially if they're making mixtapes. A lot of them are very, very productive at that time. Obviously Getz, um, very productive Wretch as well. So there's definitely a clock, Jamie. There's a there's a class of people that are doing it. And even like someone like Skepta came out with his debut album, Greatest Hits in 07. Could argue that he hasn't really made that great of an album, but that's something we'll return to a later date. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's a thing where, you're still just trying to figure out, you're trying to figure out the balance as well, which, you know, probably comes, it might come a little bit harder to UK artists because there's so much you have to juggle. You know what I mean? Accessibility, you know what I mean? Trying to be, trying to have hits, you know, trying to appeal to like the mandem, the ladies, all this. And that's what I was going to ask you, both of you, how much of an effect do you feel like being from the hood has had on some of these artists not being able to make that proper body of work because sometimes when you're like I think when you are from the hood you can be boxed in into like I dare you to step out of the zone 100% yeah. do you know what I mean so how much has that played a factor in some of these artists and maybe not graduated to the next step I think previously it affected them I don't think it does now I think now sincerely no one cares anymore they're mm. going to make what they feel I feel like it's a different kind of place today where an artist is going to feel like what they honestly feel back then let's say 07 or 08 um, I want to before that because I think six. yeah going um, towards the end of the 2000s we're going to I think that's going to go seamlessly into the next topic but before like so early 2000s mid 2000s I think that's where we were finding like a lot of our who we consider to be our greats struggling with making that next step but is it them or is it also the industry kind of didn't let them make that next step because it wasn't do you get what I mean it was new so it was hard for so many of us to all be in the scene at once does that make sense mm. like yeah we had a dizzy yeah, we had, I don't even remember who it was back then. You can only have one. You can never, it wasn't a time back then where you could have 
Skepta, Giggs, Wretch, all at once. Here's Wireless or here's mm. Top of the Pops. So I don't think it was them per se dodging it or it was more of a case of- But to like, Pete's previous But point, then they weren't making the music too. But that's my point. Even if they did, would it have been allowed? But to Pete's previous honest? point, they were making mixtapes and a lot of these people were re- releasing stuff independently. So they could have gone down that route of releasing independent albums. I guess the question is, why were they struggling to make that leap sort of thing? You could obviously say the industry wasn't allowing them just from a structural standpoint, but when it comes to an artistic standpoint, what were these men doing? You saw it all. True. There's something, there's something to do with our scene. Cause I mean, Chip tried and got crucified for it. So maybe he put people off. But he just didn't do it well. It was shit. That's, yeah, so it's not about, it's not about him not doing it. It's about him not doing it well. That's no. why he got crucified. Cause if he would have been successful at it, then we wouldn't have, nobody would have crucified him. Actually, there were certain people that attempt to go, like trying to go pop. I don't think is like, that doesn't mean that you're like, you know, trying to- Sell out. Yeah, no, no, that's what I'm saying. I feel like when artists try and go pop in their minds, maybe they think of it as yeah, yeah. experimenting, but a lot of the time you're just selling out to make a buck. It's not, it's not so much about the artistry. And that's where the issue comes in. When, you're, when, you're, when that's just your focus and not the actual body of work, that's when we're going to be like, yo, what are you doing? You're shit. Well, I think maybe on a mental standpoint, the focus wasn't on producing a good 14 track album that, you know, is balanced and is an artistic body of work. Maybe it's a thing where you've got one big single and you wrap it around 11 or 12 other mid songs to make an album, make a body of work. So maybe, maybe, that, maybe, that, maybe that mentality's gone out the window now, but for some artists, it probably was a mentality back then. And maybe they weren't just, there was no care in that album back then. Maybe the money wasn't the same. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You could make money off a mixtape and I guess tour off that, whatever. Who who knows how much- There was an emphasis on it. There wasn't an emphasis on albums. We didn't look at albums like that before Boy in the Corner. So why would the artists look at albums? Mm-hmm. If we didn't care. Yeah. If we're the consumer, we don't care about our album. And we're always downloading mixtapes. I remember downloading Retrospective early, Teacher Training Day early. Mm-hmm. I didn't care about an album. But we can say this with the benefit of hindsight. Because it's free as well. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. we was growing up with them. Same time as the artist. Mm. So they know what we can get and what we can't get. So I don't know if the care or the emphasis oh, was- but, but, but with that though, we also had America to look at as well. Even though our scene is different and it's smaller. But how many of the albums- lot, the, you, the influence was still coming from there anyway. How many of the albums did you cop in America? You downloaded all of them, right? Uh... I copped and downloaded. All right, that's my point. If a lot, what I'm saying is if a lot of the people weren't getting albums back then anyway, and these guys probably weren't getting the American albums the way that say you meant to pay for it, the emphasis I don't think was there for them. Plus how many people? No I, think, I, think that's a cop, I think that's a cop out, man. That's a, that's a cop out. Like we're, we're, there were two different phases, man. There's the, the era where like, I think you're referring to the internet age. Not, where, all, not all three or four. Yeah, but that wasn't, that wasn't downloading yet. I don't that, bro, all four, all when, four. Like, LimeWire was, was about all four. Are you I'm sure? Probably, I promise you. Was it? All four, all five, LimeWire was definitely about. Huh? When's all four, all five? What? No, yeah, that's not, that can't, no, I can't be right. Bro, I was downloading albums in year 10, 11, first year college. That was all six, oh seven, oh eight. So around that time. Yeah. I regard it. Definitely, definitely like yes, year 10, year 11. Yeah, I feel like year 10. I, I'm just saying, I feel like the emphasis wasn't there for but we could, but no, but bro, you're talking about like the the music they're making and it p- appealing to the masses. That's not what we're. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about quality 
of work, your body of work. It was just not Regardless there. of whether you feel like my album's gonna sell or not. It's about the artistry. When you make a lot of the time when you're making art, you shouldn't really even be thinking about the the monetary side of it. Do you know what I mean? So I'm that's what I'm focused on. We can't say that they were shook because of who wasn't doing what and illegal yeah, yeah, downloads yeah, and yeah, that. We yeah, can't yeah. we can't say that. Let me throw why, a monkey. Why why have we not had more classic, classic albums? Let me throw a monkey wrench into this debate. We're talking about this from the benefit of hindsight as music heads who appreciate bodies of work and appreciate albums. Back in Dizzy's day, 03, 04, 05, we're 11, 12, 13 years old. We're not listening to albums. We're listening to tunes. Maybe we might have an album in the background, but we're not really taking it in. We might have a, uh, we might be a fan of an artist who drops a big hit and we only want to hear that big hit or a few big hits sort of thing. So it might be a bit rich to say that, you know, UK hasn't, produce great albums when at the time when seminal bodies of work were coming out and possibly the balance wasn't right and people weren't really focused on an albums it's probably because the streets were saying you don't really need to focus on an album yeah. because the singles is where it's at we only really remember the singles you only really remember the wheel ups the moments and shit like that so maybe that's something that we need to consider as well because it's easier to say as we get older and we actually appreciate albums, we love albums that, oh yeah, the UK hasn't produced great albums and stuff. But if the climate at the time wasn't to make an album, then- That's what I'm trying to say. You know okay, I mean? yeah, so the, yeah. I don't want to dismiss what you've just said. Fantastic point. <laughs> <laughs> but nah, cool. see when you, you got to start with love and then you got to give you the- You just got to give the no. <laughs> but like, uh, nah, because- no. <laughs> Yeah, because bro, I feel like we're not artists and we're not rappers, none of that. But I still imagine that the- any artist, the goal was to make an album. I don't care what climate we were in. Since the inception of Rakim, all them man there, the, the objective was to get signed and make an album. Or if you're not going to get signed, make an album. So I don't think we can say that because regardless of whether, um, you know, we would focus on tunes and that, we still they still wanted to make that body of work. I think all artists aspired for that. I think that not everyone, it from, I'm talking strictly for the UK. Unless you're Jay Electronica. Sure. I don't, I'm, for the UK, I don't think everybody came into the game to make an album. Mm. No, I think a lot of them were MCs or just people who put words together, who saw their friends go to pirate radio and decided this is something I want to do with my after school. You know what I mean? Um, maybe make a bit of money going Napa and stuff and keep it moving. Maybe you have a day job when I get older sort of thing. That's what a lot of people have ended up doing. Like grime MCs that we probably grew up listening to have nine to fives now because the music team didn't work out or they didn't take it as seriously. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Look at Bearman. Bearman dropped a couple tunes and we ain't seen them since. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So so everyone's path is different. So I don't think everybody came into the game with the, with the intention of dropping albums. I think the people that did made the albums. Dizzy, Kano, and then later, when more and more people were channeling their MCness to becoming artists, they started to recognize the value of dropping projects, dropping albums, the Getzes, the Wretches, the Devlins, all this stuff. They were dropping more projects as time went on. They didn't come out the gate with that sort of thing because I don't think it was their intention sort of thing. So while I, group, while I recognize your point, I don't think you can pay everybody with the same brush. With that though, why were they making mixtapes then? Because they were trying to feed the streets. That's what it was. And they were trying to make money. But maybe that was when they started to realize that making projects, if I'm trying to do this music thing, is how it's going to happen. And yeah. they didn't, uh, but they didn't, but they didn't come into the game with the intention of making mixtapes and making albums. That's and what my point. Uh, and a mixtape, you know, it's a cheat code. You can use other people's production. 
That's, yeah, but yeah, it was, but, it yeah, was but, easier. Yeah, but I feel like there was they, no need to make an album. But I feel like they were doing that to set up the eventual album. I don't think they were. I don't think. I don't think they were. I don't think. I don't think, I don't think it was a big game. I don't think you'll find any MC from the UK that made a mixtape without the intention of eventually making that album. I think you some, ain't gonna tell I me that. I think some of them just made a mixtape for the sake of making a mixtape. Some people, nah, some, I'm people having some, that. some people do. Some people do though. Like Pot of Paper, for instance, he was making mixtapes for time. He still hasn't dropped his first album and he was in jail for time as well. He came out last year, dropped an EP and dropped a mixtape just to kind of feed the streets. And he was dropping mixtapes before he went jail and in and out of jail just to keep feeding the streets sort of thing. With no real intention of like music becoming his thing. It was just a thing where he knew he was nice. The streets wanted something. Let me drop something sort of thing. I don't think it was to the intention of I'm going to drop this, this album sort of thing. So again, it goes to my point that I don't think it's that easy to paint the brush on everybody. I don't know, man. I just feel like um, a lot of these MCs, the mixtape is also like, um, it's part of the developmental pro process of artistry as well. So where a lot of them, like you just named my man, I don't know his name, but paper. Paper. yeah, um, he might be dropping mixtapes and not feel like he's ready to drop the album yet because he's still figuring his sound out, figuring his skill set out. And maybe that's where a lot of artists, that's probably what a lot of artists feel like as well. But I, I'm, I'm not, I can never, I'm never going to say that them man are not releasing mixtapes with the, with the goal of releasing an album. I just can't see that, man. Nah, man if they don't drop a mixtape, cool. If they, just, people... if they just go into radio sets and spraying, cool. Yeah, but but if, they, if there are certain men that drop mixtapes, I believe at some point they've got it in their mind. That, I'm yeah, talking about, say the first- That's how my album's going to sound. I don't know, man. I just think it's good. I think it's easier to do a mixtape. There's less, it's just a way to feed the streets. Like, it depends though. If you're signed, then it's probably harder. If you're not, if you're you're not, not signed- I'm saying if you're not signed, it's easier to make a mixtape than it is to an album. You can literally just go on YouTube, grab a beat that you like and freestyle on it and make the mix. Do you get what I'm saying? But how many mixtapes came from the UK that use bare man's No, I'm just saying, I'm just, bro, I'm just saying it's easier. I don't think an album was always in the back of their mind when they were dropping a mixtape. I genuinely feel like it was- Yeah, I don't think it's as easy. Oh, I've got that. a fan base. Here you go. Right, and if cool. they fuck with it, they fuck with it. Mm. And yeah. then that's a way to make their fan base bigger. Yeah, cool. The eventual end goal might be it, but I don't think that's the main focus at that point. Yeah. And I'll talk about back in all five. And it can work oh. in mysterious ways. They might intentionally, first of all, to want to drop mixtapes just to feed the streets. And then they start to realize- oh, I've got a family. Too. I can do this a lot more. Let me make the album sort of thing. And I think to my point about not everyone came into the game with the intention of making an album, they figured it out. They figured it out as it went along. I think we're now seeing that in real time today. Yeah. That- kind of flick of the light switch to where, you know, I'm not just making music just to make music. I can make music to make like long lasting bodies of work. It's now being seen in the UK to where it's happening at a more voluminous rate, I'd mm. say. Mm. Obviously like common sense, psychodrama, you know what I mean? Whatever, GSAP for some people sort of thing. So, you know, I think it is seeping its way through and we're getting to a point now where maybe a decade from now we'll be able to say, Oh, UK's made some great seminal albums. Yeah. Whereas now we can't necessarily say that because I think ultimately the focus wasn't on that. But now yearly we're starting to drop great albums. So you can see the progression already. Yeah, I think because now it's yearly. Like mm. we've got one. Yeah. We've got one. We've got one. We've got one. Mm. And that's from the new 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 man. And that's from the OGs. That's from the legends. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I'm happy that we kind of grew up when we grew up, man, because we were able to see it from its inception up until now and what it's developed into. And 
God willing, we're alive to see where it eventually goes to. We could talk like them uncles that saw Puck and them man in the nineties. Not all jokes are saying. Yeah. yeah, we can honestly talk about. You know how you spoke to your uncle when we yeah, were doing yeah, my yeah. Rushmore. We honestly could talk like that because we've seen, we've seen it grow from the first mixtapes mm. to people are really bringing out bodies of work. Like mm. bodies of work mixtapes ain't even a real thing like that. Besides, only people I can think of that still do mixtapes at hundred miles per hour is maybe Pot of Paper, mm. D Block Europe. But it's not a lot. Fam, I was watching um, Tinchy Strider's underground video the other day. The quality of that was shocking. <laughs> like these, these youngins will never have to- they will, All they know they is 4K. All they know is 4K. That. All they know is 4K, <laughs> you know I'm saying? But then he dropped the what? Star in the Hood. He dropped yeah. um, the album with number one on it. What do you think of those albums? Not great, bro. Not great. Trying to figure out. Not great, man. They were trying to figure out. So- And maybe, uh, yeah, maybe that's- it's different to the states where we were growing with our artists as they were figuring it out. We were tuning in and you know growing with them on that journey as well. Whereas America kind of had that to begin with. They had like Rakim dropping these like albums and that, and Big Daddy Kane's and that. They were into the bodies of work quite quite quickly there. Whereas our scene, we were still figuring it out. Because I think that those men more so came into the game with the intention of making albums. You know what I'm saying? And the structure around them was just easier. Labels, you know, radio, all that stuff. Yeah. So it was more, it was more welcoming to them. Because mm. by that point, hip hop was already a thing and it was popular. So it was easy for the industry to kind of accept it because they recognize its value. Whereas here, they didn't recognize, really intrigued, the industry didn't recognize the value of the UK black music scene until 2014, bro. If mm. that's it after, I think it's a little bit after that. You say 2014? 2014, 2015, whatever you want to which say. Which is kind of, which is which crazy late. Yeah. Well, Listen. So why don't we have any classics? <laughs> because, of, because of everything we've just said, man. Yeah, no, no, no. The focus just wasn't like there, man. The focus wasn't on the albums. That's a bit. The focus wasn't on the albums. And they didn't have no one, they didn't know any better. There's, there's, I think we're being nice with it, that, but there's also- Be rude then. No, I mean, there's also, some of these men just weren't great at making music. If, you, if we want to keep it a buck, that's that too. they that's just that weren't too. artistically great enough to make music. Some of them were just rappers that could just spit. True. And, and there's no wrong, and there's that, nothing wrong with that. And that's, and that's cool. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, but me, having like a musical ear, some of them just didn't have it. And I think that's why we don't have way more classic albums than we should. Because there are some of our people who we consider to be great that some of their earlier bodies of works weren't it. Everyone's like, I went back to, um, I was saying to Yemi off mic, I went back to Giggs' Walk in the Park. Not there no Back more. then, that shit was amazing to me. You couldn't tell me nothing. I thought Giggs was Jesus, bro. <laughs> but now, it's not nah, same. man. I never, was, I, I never want to hear that. I'm good. I never, I never. It set, it set pace for road rap and what was to come, but I don't need to play that again. Park it. Yeah, Ghetto Gospel gets his Ghetto Gospel, same thing. I'll never front on um, top three selectors. That still sounds amazing. But as a complete body of work, that tape just, isn't to your uh, taste though, right? Not now, nah. In terms of the music. Yeah. But lyrically. Walk in the park and get a gospel are seminal projects. Yeah. So it just depends on how you're looking at Look, it. Look, man, man it's, you hit everyone's got everyone's got room to grow. Nah still don't have to find a producer. So <laughs> we all here Look, and Nas been rapping since 92. So it's like <laughs> we all here could grow. I mean he found Hit Boy, so you know, it is what it is. That's such unnecessary shit. Yeah. It was unnecessary, but you know, shout out to the UK anyway. <laughs> but like, I feel like our artists are making great albums though, man. Like they're making better albums than we've seen in previous years. In our lifetime. Yeah. Like consistently. Yeah. Hus, Dave. Dave's next album yeah. is going to be- Sims. Sims. Sims is amazing. Oh my God. She's, her albums is amazing, man. So yeah, man, I'm, look, I'm looking forward to what's, what's going to come from like, you know, the artists that we currently have. Should be interesting. Is it also a case of maybe the artists now having more Freedom. at their disposal? 
I think they've Probably. got, I think they've got more say as well. I feel like Dave's record. Who's Dave saying saying to? You? Um, Universal basically. Like I would say, Universal put complete faith in Dave, mm. whereas maybe we didn't have that before. Where our artists, no, had we didn't. I mean, our artists are getting signed now. Yeah, no, but that's my point. Exactly. Back then, even if they were signed, I don't think they had creative freedom. Mm. Like Dizzy might not have had the creative freedom he wants. No, they didn't. Whereas now it's, I generally believe they can't. I mean, he whatever, did for Boy in the Corner. No, but no, he did for Boy in the Corner. But, but post you know. that, whether it was the World Cup song, whatever, whatever maybe they have to make all the freedom he wanted. So that, he I think he did. I think he, he wanted, wanted to do all that He wanted that to do all that. Right, he wanted cool. to do that. But I, know, I get what you mean. Point being, I think now we've got a lot more freedom than we ever did yeah. in terms of Storms could do what he wants. Dave, Mostak, whoever. They've just got a freedom to unlicensed. Yeah, and that helps, obviously. That definitely helps. And and the, the, the UK underground has never been an issue. We're talking about mainstream. Yeah, yeah. The, the UK underground has always been sick. No, we're just talking about the main, main. Yeah, because when I think about artists like Barney Artists and them, man, them man make like dope projects. So the underground, and I don't even want to call him underground, but because it's not mainstream, mainstream yet, we have to refer it to that as that. But them man make amazing projects. Kofi Stone, amazing projects. Do you know what I mean? So, uh, but that's now though. Yeah, man. I just feel like shifting mentality. Um, access to more and more artists are going in as Peter said with the intention of right. making a living off this music and creating bodies of work that will stand the test of time um, whether unknowingly or not you know what I'm saying so yeah man I just think times have changed and we're here to see the change and hopefully we'll be able to see more yeah and also Ooh. do you think that was a great ending that was I was going to say something about streaming, but nah, hi, brother, that was a great ending, Yemi. Say it, man. Nah, Yemi ended it perfectly. Bruv, say what you want to say, no, bro. No, I was going to say, because I don't think it goes hand in hand. Because I was going to say, I don't know how back then we didn't care about albums per se because we weren't buying them. So obviously streaming came. Bro, stop and saying then, that. We didn't buy albums yeah, back but then. We I, 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 I didn't buy an album, I cared bro. about albums, bro. No, Speak you, for yourself. Right, cool. Mohammed didn't care about albums at 12 years old. Fight me. All right, cool. <laughs> Do you get what I'm saying, though? Yeah. But point being is, I just feel like, no, it's what you guys said. I just feel like the realization of they have to do. And I also think streaming helped as well because now everyone's got it by their side. Mm. Whereas we used to always download mixtapes for free. Mm. Now everyone's got Spotify or whatever. So the album's always going to be there. And that's what people go first listen to. No one uses that piff anymore, anything like that. So I feel like, because albums are now in everyone's fingertips, you have to make a good body of work. Mm. That's all what people are going to see. Like, yeah, I found I always cared, man. I remember when um, always, yeah, man. I, like, I remember, like, I used to, me and my boys, like, in secondary school, we used to talk about like mixtapes. Like, I remember when Bashy dropped Chopper Chops, I thought that shit was amazing, bro. It was made to do a podcast, bro. <laughs> no, honestly, because you're the only guy that's ever come to me and said Chopper Chop. What Chopper Chop? Bro, that mixtape's amazing. Yeah. He's mentioned it a good five times. Yeah, but who else? That mixtape's that mixtape's yeah, amazing. Pete, Yabby, have you ever said Chopper Chop? Not when I'm not, 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 when, not, when I'm not, not when I'm not referring to the sweets. Hey, you see what I'm saying? Only time I came about Bashi was when you clashing my man, fam. Salute to Bashi, though. <laughs> yeah, but you did you like his ransom video yeah. with Wretched Scorcher? Yeah. <laughs> see? <laughs> see, you're so predictable, man. Hey, man. I, hey, I like black boys. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> I mean, he can freestyle too. Def- oh, he had one of the greatest SVU TV ones. Yeah, yeah. There yeah. you go. There you go. Cool. All right, then we'll move on to the next topic then, which kind of leads into what we've been discussing previously. Um, we basically want to get back into our fantasy booking bag. Um, it's been a minute since we've done a topic like this. It's kind of like the, the what if segment of uh, the show where we basically talk about 
you know, things that happened in real life not happening and how the scene would have been affected by it not happening. And more often than not, the very seismic moments in the scene. So now we want to talk about um, a certain song by a guy called Meridian Dan. See man driving a German whip. The song is called German Whip. It was released in 2014 and it's very much seen um, in the UK as the return of grime in the mainstream. Um, So what we want to do is basically talk about what the Grimes people look like if Meridian Dan hadn't dropped German Whip that fateful year in 2014 because from German Whip came That's Not Me the resurgence of Grime all the Grime guys going up on stage at the Brits with Kanye Drake co-signing Skepta dropping dropping Konnichiwa Grime just be, Grime culture just becoming the in thing um, and that essentially being representative of UK black music being here to stay in the mainstream so all that to the side what would have happened if German Whip hadn't dropped. I mean, before we jump into that, on the back of the last topic, I think because we've been talking about how a lot of artists struggled with, you know, the progression from mixtapes to making full bodies of work. I think before we jump into this topic, I think it's important to kind of paint a picture of what kind of led up to Grime being dead to it kind of being rebirthed. So like for me, from how I experienced it, you had a lot of these, like who we consider to be great now making like mixtapes and, albums that just weren't really doing much they weren't really garnering the attention they weren't selling shit so then a lot of these men started trying to sell out you mean you had chip he did what what tune he did like oopsie daisy Daisy. um diamond rings which i actually really like it's a banger i don't care what anybody anybody says i I really like that tune bruv um do you like it more no of course you don't what i'm supposed to hate it though innit yeah um, you think the podcast? Mo, fix- Mo's not jiggy. The podcast fix. I'm the hater. Not yeah, I'm fly. Not, fly. No, no, the they podcast fix. Shy, Peter, shy. Peter said the podcast fix. I'm the hater. I Actually, try. See, you don't even believe yourself. I'm paid today. Don't look at me. Say paper grade. <laughs> Yo, stop I didn't know if that, I didn't know those those words. Stop yeah. looking right. There you go. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, man. So obviously you had like you know the chips and that. Um, you know, Oopsie Daisy, which was 09. Diamond Rings 09. Look for me in 09. Um, I think I was with. Was that with Tyler Cruz? You would know. No. What, look for me. No, sorry, no, I'm thinking of Tinchy. Um, but yeah, Tinchy's also in that conversation where he attempted to make, he had made early attempts to like- Him and Dappy had a few. To sell out. Yeah, you know what I mean? He had um, the tune with Tyro Cruz, tune with Dappy. Uh, um, Tinchy, uh, Tiny Tempo went commercial. Yeah, this was like around 09. Yeah. So after like going into like the 08s and the 09, you had like a steady slew of our top tier MCs trying to cross over in that. Oops, and then you had Wiley. Um, did he have Rolex Sweep? Rolex Sweep. Yeah. And then you had- um, Wiley had a, where my Rolex? That's it. And then Skepta had- Rolex Sweep. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So that was what was happening. And did they all have one together? I forgot what it was called. Oh, um, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Roll Deep. Yeah, yeah Roll yeah. Deep had one, one yeah, useful that was, song. That was one of the worst. Yeah, Scratchy was on there as well. Uh. <laughs> yeah. And then Dizzy's Dance With Me, which I actually liked. And I liked Holiday as well. Yes, we've said that we, we know, we know. It's a, I like dancing me though, so yeah, shout out to. Yeah, man. So you can see that like there was a period where Grime was getting a bit and we were stale, selling out, you know? and UK hip hop was a bit stale. And then yo, we just needed to make a buck, so a lot of these men started doing that. So then that's why Grime was considered, and UK hip hop was considered to be like just dead. It left the void. Yeah, one hundred percent. And then yeah, I'm really done. Yeah, I mean, even even in the interim, like obviously you had people still doing grime, JME, Newham Generals, Tempati, Tempati, Tempati came out with one of the great grime songs in yeah. Next Type around that time. So this is why the grime is dead conversation is always going to be a bit murky because 
how can the how can the genre be dead if people are still doing the genre sort of thing? But for all intents and purposes, in the mainstream sense anyway, it was very much dead. Like everybody. But knew. we still had like um, I think Get Some P Money clashed in like 2010. So even though the genre was dead, that was an element of excitement. Did that not prolong its lifespan just a tad? Maybe in the underground. Mm. No, who was checking for Get Some P Money in the mainstream in 2010? Oh, don't say that. Enough like respect. That. No, salute to them. Money, but respectfully. <laughs> respectfully. Was you checking for them? Nah, man. Hey, man. No, because I, I checked out a grand. No, he, he was listening to dance with me in holiday. When was, when was so it? he was part of the reasons why Graham went dead. Is this what No, I wasn't. Don't so are we that. say Peter. Peter. Are we say Peter is at fault for so the really why Graham Because he was skanking to holiday. Peter had the white suit on. Yeah. And he, he was that's, a, that's a banger though. And he single handedly brought down Graham for a substantial amount of years. Because he, he wanted to dance the he wanted to dance the holiday. You man are sick. He does something. Listen, that one and another thing is the only things he does systematically. But anyway, hey, <laughs> talk about Yemi. Edit, edit point. Um, leave it in. Leave that. Leave that. Leave that. That was funny. That was funny. That was funny. Cool. Um, so yeah, man, they weren't looking at gets up. Nah. nah, man, nah. But they were keeping the underground alive, and they were making sure that you know the grime heads, the grime fans the core of the fan base was still had something to feed on. But as far as mainstream goes, it really died um, a painful death really until Meridian Dan came true with German Whip. Why so German Whip though? Sorry, sorry. But what's to say that like one, one of the OGs wouldn't have come back in? Cause some of that man was still making grime. Like while he was still, even though he was doing the odd pop tunes, he was still making grime music. But it wasn't, how can I put it? Here's the thing. I feel like, Slowly but surely, people were making their way back. Like Skepta, he did the underdog psychosis video. Then he dropped Blacklisted in 2012. It's clear that he was going to make a comeback as well. While he was making his tunes as well. I suppose with German Whip, it kind of blew open the doors for the mainstream. I'm not sure how much Wiley or Skepta would have been able to do on a mainstream standard when it comes to resurrecting grime as much as German Whip. Because obviously German Whip was pretty, was everywhere. It was on radio. You know, every time you go to parties, you can hear it and stuff like that. So I'm not sure how much the other, his contemporaries would have done in that space, if you see what I mean. Question for you both. So was it the attempt at going pop that killed Grime? Because, because if, it was... if, um, if these men were still making great, pure Grime tunes or rap songs, as well as the pop shit, would it have still killed our genre? I think it's the way everyone lent left at once. Mm. That did it, that made it so hard for Graham to still have a voice mm. because it was essentially it was all of it was every it was literally a steamroll of people that went pop yeah. in a short space of time. And we've never seen anything like that in our lifetime. So it's like imagine everyone that's you've just started something, it's like, yo, these are our grand people, and it's like they all went commercial at once. They must probably look at it like, why should I come back? But there were hints that it was gonna happen because Kano dropped Brown Eyes. It's a poppy song. So, and Strider, Titch Strider, Strider Man, like there was small little hints that these artists were gonna branch out and try new things. With Kano, granted, he still gave us the whole of Home Sweet Home, yeah. but you know what I mean? He still kind but of- was, And then he had like the streets that- But do you think it was the The streets number? dropped songs that were still kind of enough to to, to fulfill out like, the, the core fan base of our genre but still lean over and appeal to more people. So it was at some point going that way. But I feel like with Kane O'Brien eyes, it still maintains his essence. 
So it's not completely crazy that he will drop a tune like that because he also had Night Night in that in that album as well. So yeah. I don't necessarily think it was that much of a stretch or a leap for him. Whereas where my Rolex, Rolex sweep, these dead EDM, <laughs> typical housey beats, that's clearly not grime. That's that's clearly not grime. So you know what I mean. So I think the watering down of it, thanks to that, is definitely what killed it. Hundred percent. I think you could definitely probably put roots in. You know, other rappers experimenting. Even Dizzy did it. He did um, what was it? I think it was old school where he was dissing Wiley on a third album. And that tune, how you gonna have a dream come true? Exactly on on Showtime. I used to love that song. I like that song. Sorry. What do you like, fam? <laughs> I've done country music. Anyway, guys, um, keep sweat. No, you don't. But anyway, um, so I feel you. I feel you. But again, I just feel like with Graham, especially, you needed a big moment like German Whip to really remind people, like the whole nation, that yo, we're still here. Graham is still here. I'm not sure if anything before that or anything that came out at the time would have been able to do that. I'm not sure if that's not me as as big. Mm. without a German whip sort of thing. Cause it's kind of riding that grime wave um, and it allows, you know, radio to play grime. It allows parties to play grime. It allows people to reference grime. And that's not me and that in daily conversation, which is what German whip was able to do for the scene. So it's a tricky one, but it's definitely very, very important. I think more people might place more importance on that's not me because it's Skepta, but it's, German, definitely, yeah. it's definitely German whip, mm. definitely German whip, which for all intents and purposes, you know, isn't the most grimy song. I, I think that song means more grimy, but did enough, man. JME, Big H, Meridian Dan. Like, these are OGs of the game. Like, mm. Meridian Crew, all that. Mocha speak more to that. Hey, man, shout out to Tottenham. Yeah. Don't want to talk too much. We just bring stuff back. Shut up. <laughs> and you also, like, participate in killing shit, too. Hey, man. What can I say? We like to play more part in both. But, yeah, you hit the nail on the head. I think that's not me, obviously was stupid that like, that was a much bigger song but you still got to give the core to you still got to give i guess the essence of what brought you back is flowers and without that you don't know where skeptics listening to you don't know where his head's at you don't know without a german whip if he goes hang on a minute this still works mm. do you know what i mean he could have been looking at it like it's an old formula or times of times have changed or it's gone past mm. you needed something to remind people and go no wait we can still go back to this and the minute that happened I guess when the floodgates opened, when that culture vulture Drake joined in, and just everyone <laughs> just slowly watched, surely, yeah, me saw the and there's the a division, and there's a certain style of grime that kind of had a resurgence with that as well, like the kind of wild, the Esky Beatty type of grime to where you know Skepta's dropping that's not me, which is basically Esky Beat, you know, Wiley drops on a level which is very much Esky Beat, Skepta then this is Devil Man on you know the more instrumental, amazing, so, yeah, exactly. So there's a there's a particular sound of grime as well that's kind of revitalized as a result as well. But, you know, all rolls lead back to Meridian. I feel like the comeback was coming back just as far as like all these stars going back to grime and making grime music and maybe potentially because they're doing that, it gets more attention as they're getting bigger. They're able to do more shows, bigger shows, getting more recognition as a, as a result of that. I'm just not sure it would have gone the same route if it wasn't for German Whip, generally. When did um, Kano make 140 Grime Street? Oh, eight. Oh, eight. When was, okay. Just big up the goat, innit? Because even though like people were leaning towards, you know, the, the more commercial side of things. And listen, Kano did his thing on London Town, innit? It was very- This is the girl. It was, it, it, was, it, was, it, it was poppy. Did Kano not have a whole song with, did Kano not have a whole song with Craig David? 
Yeah, this is yeah. the song we're talking about. Awful I, tune. I, I, tune. I, I mean, I loved that song at the time. Of course, of course you did. You did. This guy, bro, it's Kato we're talking about, bro. And Craig David, bro. And Craig David. Uh, I hate this guy. I like that song. <laughs> no, we was going to argue that point. But no, if he likes Holiday and Dance With Me, then he's going to like this. He liked, you'd also know, yeah, I bet you that whole era he liked. You just don't say what I admit. I would say. You fucked with that era, be honest. No, no, I didn't. Not don't all of it. Not all of it. Did you like wearing my Rolex? No. Do you like Rolex oh, Sweet? No, I didn't. Do you like Rolex Sweet? No. No, Rolex Sweet was dead. No, I didn't like that. Did uh, you like um, Lush with Jay Sean? Hell no. I don't like anything Jay Sean. That's a, you didn't even like Cash Sunglasses Money. Sunglasses at night? Nah. You did? Nah. I nah. wear my son. Who else was there? Girl. I think it's just because it's Kano, isn't it? He still finds a way. It's still his essence, like you said. Your bias. Because this is my girl, it's Kano's essence. It's not completely wild, but that London Town album was a bit, it was popular than what we were used to. Mm -hmm. But 140 Grime Street, I think that also helped still keep its vein alive. Grime's vein still alive as well. Even though, yeah, big up to Meridian Dan and that. But it was years later. That's like six years after. That was bro. years later, bro. Six years before. Like years later. It was I feel you, Pete, though. No, 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 no. That was a, that was a, that, that was, was a humongous reach. Humongous reach. That was a yoga reach. Humongous. Why is that reach? No, that because was, that would fit in very well with the context you gave at the start of the topic. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying that he helped bro, keep it, the it's it's alive. Six years down the line, you didn't keep nothing alive, my boy. No, he helped though. Bro, six years okay, down the line, the thing was comatose. Not in the mainstream, it was comatose, bro. bro. Who in the mainstream listened to 140 Grime Street? <laughs> Come on, bro. What are we doing here? Like, let's not even add like, that. Bro, it was comatose by the time German Whip came around. Bro, everyone was listening to Dizzy Dance with me in 2008. They weren't listening to. And, 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 and yeah. I mean, I listened to 140 Grime Clearly, Street. Clearly. With Holiday. And Holiday. And, you know, and where my Rolex. No one was listening to 140 Grime Street. No one was Listen to what any of these men had to say, like, mm. and that's fine. Like everybody, everybody tried to do it. Like gets tried, wretch tried. Everyone tried, bro. Like, it's just it was it was a it was a survival mechanism, innit? Like yeah. it wasn't necessarily them giving up on the genre. It was like, bro, the era in, this shit's long. Let me try and make some money. Like it shouldn't be as much of a problem as any other big guys doing doing another sound for more P. It's, it's, it's just because it's rap and black people were very very critical of each other, you know. That's where it comes into it. So if Meridian Dan doesn't drop German Whip, when do we think the resurgence comes in? If at all? I think, ooh. When did that stop me come out? How long after German Whip? Was it the same year? The same year. So I guess it depends if that song was in the tuck. Mm. The song, if the song was. wasn't in the tuck, then- Yeah, but, yeah but yeah, but- But if um, he's got, that's not me. Yeah, but he- Regardless of German Whip, that's not me. He's always, that's not me who's always going to get out of here. But it- I think that alongside German yeah, Whip no, helped. You're absolutely right, but I'm saying with yeah, that, even it, if you it, take German it, Whip out of it, it by that's itself, not me though, was always going to be. But that's it's, not me. It that's by not itself, me dropped, I don't know. That's not me dropped two weeks after. Bro, that, and let's not do that then. But it by itself, I don't know. I don't know, I'm with man. you. No, I, sure. I, I, I feel you. Know, I don't I know if that's you. enough. No, with that, that's not me. No. You still need German Whip, but my point is, that's not me was still make enough of a sound. But also- Skepta Skepta as well. We can't forget who he is. And the tune is catchy. It's still enough. Memorable for, bars. It's still enough yeah. to bring it back. That's what I'm saying. That's not me. Still enough to bring back Grime. That's what I'm saying. Mm. You reckon? Yeah, I think. But that song was bigger nah, than German. Nah, I don't know, man. That song was bigger than Mo, German. We, we, we need more than that. We would need more than that. We would need to no, see what we're saying. Single-handedly, I'm just saying it would have started the same way German Whip about, started the resurgence. It's just gonna start people looking back at it. Again. Mo, when you say bigger, what do you mean? Do you mean in terms of the streets or you mean mainstream? Ah, streets. That's not me. It was definitely bigger. I agree. Yeah. Because mainstream. Yeah, German, it's, it's German whip. Yeah, German whip. Well, clear. Mm. Fair enough. I'm, and because it's it's pretty much Skepta's big comeback as well. So you might be right. Maybe 2014 was always going to be the year. Um, but with German whip, I just feel like it. Commercial. 100% made it a lot easier. Yeah. 100% made it. Yeah. A lot I, I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know if 
grime as we know it today happens in the way it happened without both both of those songs. I think if um, if Jam Whip doesn't drop and Skepta drops, that's not me. Then as it came out, so you need both. I don't, I don't think it. it is a, I don't hand think hand. it's strong. I don't think it'll be strong enough to create right. this new a new wave by itself. I don't think so, man. Well, we got to think about what happens after then because David Nega Tracy, Tiago Silva, big big tune. How long then, after did that? That was twenty sixteen. In between that, JME, man, don't care with gigs. These are all. When, when, when did that song come out? 2015. Okay. These are all big tunes in their own right as well, as far as grime goes. Do those songs still get released? I'm inclined to say yes. Yeah, because Jamie was still making grime. Yeah. There were certain people that stayed at it. So it depends on who we're talking about. Yeah. It's just a question of whether grime is as big as it is without, without um, German whip. Yeah. Which is a tricky one. I feel like the market will probably still, well, the streets anyway, probably would have embra- embraced Grime for That's Not Me Alone. Um, and then that would have probably inspired Jamie to drop Man Don't Care, Tiago Silva to come out, gets to drop one take and uh, with, with Rue Kid. All seminal Grime tunes. Mm. Um, so yeah, it is, it is a tough one. I think they still drop, but I'm not sure how big the impact is. Yeah, It's essentially what I'm saying. Did um, German Whip also help create the atmosphere for our artists to branch into trap a little bit as well. Because for me, when I hear German Whip, I hear it's got a bit of a bounce, a trappy bounce that for me helps other artists in our scene feel comfortable enough to try that sound in totality. Depends on how far ahead we're talking. Because that was 2014. I'm inclined to say it's, it's more grimy than anything else. So I'm not sure how much of an influence yeah. trap wise it would be for people. Cause even following following it, people were just making straight grime sort of mm. thing. So maybe like subconsciously it's influenced what's going on today, but immediately, I don't think so. Okay. But listen, German Whip, yeah. Very, very integral. Yeah, um, I feel like it was, it gives, it gives, it gives the, it gives the mainstream the faith in grime that should have had when Dizzy really came through in 03. Cause I feel like back then this was a guy who was making amazing, who made an amazing album and was an industry darling, but they never took the scene as seriously. Whereas I think German whip, maybe with like older, more assured heads generally allows for more of an acceptance for what was the premier underground sound in the UK and what had been since like 02, 03. So even outside of like the mainstream and that, the importance is very, very, it's, it's there. I'm not sure how much That's Not Me would have been able to replace that impact. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. On all levels, yeah. sort of thing. But uh, yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah, big up Meridian Dan, man. Salute like, to you, know, man. Your contribution was- You changed well, the landscape. Yeah. 100%, 100%. And that's, an, that's going down in the books. How often do people change the whole landscape? Yeah, something? that's going down in the books. Because when if anyone like decides to study grime, they will look at the period in which it was dead. I see the resurgence. And yeah, what, what was the spark? And Meridian Dan, if he, if he ain't done shit since, has, he's going to go got down that. at least creating that spark that brought in a whole new wave. So yeah, he's big up. That. Very, much, very much the catalyst and uh, for that. I read, um, I read an interview where he was saying how he's got way better songs than German Whip. And I just thought, yo, you're a liar. I don't lie. No, but people do that. Rappers do that. Fat Joe, liar. Fat Joe said his upcoming album's a classic. 
Yeah, Fat Joe gasses though. Yeah, but he said him and Remy Ma got a classic. I remember Fat Joe's the biggest lie in the world, by the way. The rappers lie. We've got one, man. You know rappers lie. They're gas, man. All of them. Oh, we've got one here. Wait till you see this. And you know who pisses me off as well? The fucking DJs that agree with them. Because DJ Envy was like, yeah, I heard it, man. He's got one. You're a liar. They're all liars. You're a liar. Extremely dishonest. You're all in cahoots together. They're all in cahoots together. All of them, man. That's why I would never want to be in the industry. Because I would have to tell the truth. Let me read it that tell me. I've got songs that's bigger than German. Liar. You're a liar. Blood, you're a liar, liar, liar. Why does Yami keep it quiet for? He's our industry correspondent too. Hey, man. <laughs> hey, man. With that being said, I've never interviewed anyone where I didn't enjoy the album. Just putting it out there. Oh, for real? Yeah. Oh, salute to you then. Is that purposefully? No. Okay. Not at all. Okay. Um, it just hasn't happened. With that being said, you guys are welcome. And oh, salute to Tottenham forever. Sure, why not? If it wasn't for Tottenham, there'll be no resurgence. Sure. I mean, that was me and German, we're fine. Fine. We'll give that one to you. I hate to give it to you, but there you go. Hey, man. Anyway, guys, let's move on to the fun topic of today. Uh, just to wrap things up, we're basically going to take it in turns to name our favorite, our top five UK rap albums of all time. So, Pete. Oh, why you got to start with yeah, me first? Pete, get this cracking. Because who came up with the topic? Ugh. Well, let's go, God. Peter. All right, I'm going to preface this with saying that- Don't preface shit. Don't preface shit. No, no, honestly, don't preface nothing. Just say it. Nah, let me preface, preface it. Preface it after. No, no, no. I prefaced, I prefaced earlier. So yeah. Prefaced. So I'm going to preface this with saying that this is just how I was feeling when I put this list together. This list is subject to change at Mine. any time. But Mine. they're never going to hit it. Mine is maybe two. tonight, maybe tomorrow. Minus two, to be fair. Well, I just want to- I literally changed it in pre-pod. So. All right, cool. Well, I just want to put this on record. This is going on record, so you look technically wherever you change it. Yeah, but I mean, you know, inshallah we get bigger. You know what I mean? Someone might ask, yo, you know what I mean? Oh, this time I've got this. (laughs) Cause my top five has changed since our very first episode. Oh, basically you don't want to be called a liar. I'm not a liar. I'm not like these DJs and rappers. I'm honest, I live in truth. What's your list, man? (laughs) Uh, DJ everything got to health. Um, I got in no particular order, Dizzy Rask, a boy in the corner. Okay. I've got Kano, home sweet home. I've got Clash Nikos, The Sagas Of. I've got Wretch, Retrospective. <laughs> and I've got Hoodies All Summer, Kano. So that's two Kano albums. And honorable mentions, I've got I've got Sims, Grey Area, Sway, This Is My Demo. Um, and I want to leave it there. I've got a few more, but I'm gonna leave it there. Strong list, yeah. strong list, strong list. I was, I was shaky on retrospective, but I remember how that made me feel and it just takes me back to the time. And that was my first experience of Wretch as well. So I just, yeah, I was just like, yeah, this, this guy's mad. Inner the Ghetto is still like That's amazing. my favorite, that's, that's arguably my favorite. Yeah, it's still amazing. Um, Dizzy, Boy in the Corner. I that's mean, that's, it's Boy in the Corner, in it? Kano, Home Sweet Home. Um, that was probably my first favorite UK album. And I just remember how I felt when I heard P's and Q's. And I was just, yeah, it takes me back to being a kid. Um, and then Klashnikov, the saga's off. That was like one of the first gangster conscious albums that I'd heard from the UK. And Klashnikov is just amazing to me. He always has been. And that album is just flawless from top to bottom. I was listening to, I revisited it yesterday as well. Still sounds amazing, man. Um, and yeah, man, Hoodies All Summer. Um, I remember in a previous episode, I got a Yemi for calling something a future classic. Now I'm not going to do that, but if this album still sounds as amazing as it does, such a cop out in a few years, then you it's, it's always going to go down as an amazing album. 
I hate this guy. The swerve. The swerve. Yeah, man. And that arm still sounds amazing to me, man. It's just the subjects he's touching on and that are just going to be timeless. You hear me? What you say? Feel you, bro. Um, like you, I've got two Kano albums in there. Um, Home Sweet Home is the first one. Because um, I just remember where I was while I listened to P's and Q's for the first time. Mic check. Um, typical me. Like, that's just... Classic on classic on classic on classic. So, you know, got to big up that one. My second one, I was on an R in between hoodies all summer and another one, but I decided to go for the other one and that's Made in the Manor. I thought you would. You got for Made in the Manor? Because I remember how much, Yemi loved that album when it came out. I, I loved that album yeah. when it came out. Free Wheel Ups, Hail, This Is England, Ends. There's just, there's just too many, man. Um, what he was talking about, I mean, like the, the sounds, everything like that, bro. Like it was just so incredible. And, you know, even though Hoodies All Summer gives it a run for its money. I think for the simple fact that Maiden Man has been out a little bit longer and I've been able to sit with it a lot more, probably gives it the upper hand. So I'll give it to Maiden Manor. But Hoodies All Summer gets an honorable mention. And then I've got Boy in the Corner, Dizzy, my favorite UK rap album ever. Like, no debates about that one. Um, Jay Huss, Common Sense, um, a game changer in a lot of ways. Um, not only for the introduction of Huss to a wide audience, but just the vibrancy and the color that could come out of a UK artist in terms of the Afro beats, the grime, the rap, the dancehall in some aspects, he just merged it all into just a great package. Clarton, Common Sense, Buff Daddy, Spirit, like Fisherman, bro, classics, man. So go give it to Common Sense, Jay Huss. And then I've got Skinny Man, Council State of Mind. Man, as far as UK hip hop goes, seminal album, title track, one of the greatest. UK tracks of all time. Um, fuck the hook. I'd be surprised. The story he's telling in there about being with the, um, I think it's the lawyer or the correctional officer. So it's got a very nice narrative. Um, yeah, man. Without, I think unknowingly he crafted a masterpiece. <laughs> so uh, shout out to Skinny Man. But yeah, as far as honorable mentions, Hoods All Summer, um, Psychodrama, Conflicts of Interest, Gets. Mm. Um, I was getting yeah. to Kanisha. Nah. Nah, not for me. But yeah, that's pretty much me. I feel you. Mohammed? Um Well, I'm watch, them, watch them all be Tottenham artists. I was going to actually start with Kano Holmes. Dylan, 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 Dylan. Double S. I was going to start Meridian. Oh, I was going to start with Marvel. <laughs> Marvel. That's these brothers going to let me talk. <laughs> some, some underground Tottenham clip that no one's ever heard of. The only moment these <laughs> secondary school boys listen to. Um, so, contrary to what these men say, I'm going to kick it off with Home Sweet Home, Kano. Um, that's one of the, I think that's one of the first albums I can remember. Or just like listening to someone from outside Tottenham again, fuck me, mm. like this is different class. So I've got that started off with. I've also gone with Boy in the Corner. I don't think you can have a top five list with a UK album and not put that in there. You're nuts. Um, I put Common Sense in there like Yemi did, but I've also, also put Big Conspiracy in there. Mm. And the reason why I put both in there is because if Common Sense was that, and I think he topped it with Big Conspiracy, that's two back-to-back, that like it's not normal mm. albums to have back-to-back mm. in your catalogue. So it's like, I kind of have to put your, give you something like this. Big Conspiracy to me is flawless, man. It's got so many tracks. It's him and J5 just went nuts on so many of the production. And it's like, the pocket Huss catches, it's just Huss's pocket. I don't think anyone else could do what he does. I don't think no one could talk, sing, rap the way he does as well in his songs. So I've got Common Sense, Big Conspiracy there. And then I also went for Retrospective mm. because... I'm biased. Yeah, you had to, yeah, obviously. No, but because any of the ghetto might be the greatest UK 
arguably one of them anyway. It's top five for me. Fair enough. Really? Yeah, it's on the level of talking the hardest up there. In the ghetto. But that's my anthem for at least. That's not a crazy shout. That's not. I don't think it is. Not as far as impact. Yeah, I think, as, I think it's top five as... song. I think no, I'm not going to put it in the top five, but Person? I'm not mad at it being it's in just the conversation. Yeah, I think yeah, it's yeah, in yeah. there. I in, might put it in like the top 20. In the ghetto was a moment, man. Yeah, I remember Like, that. what? Yeah. I'll be up to the crack of dawn. I ain't yeah. back and forth. What? Well, Chinese know. whispers on that album with yeah. Chip. It was mad ridiculous. Yeah. And they be too. cool with Scorcher. I'd rather forget about yeah, violence. Yeah. I'd rather be uh, cool. Stop my pen from crying. Fam. Yeah, Retro's different. Yeah, retrospective. It was different. Retrospective is there, yeah. It was different. Right there. Why keep looking at me? Retro's different on that album, man. It was different. Let's say, when you're the goat, you're the goat. You know what this means, right? Later episode, we got to do our favorite, our top five favorite UK songs. <sighs> yeah, that might be mad. Yo, it's gonna be mad. Yo, yes, it is. No, we might need to do that. Our top five favorite. And I say that not confidently because <laughs> no. can we Why all not? do we all agree on taking talking the hardest out of it? Because absolutely not. Fuck no, of course not, bro. That's the national anthem, big man. Hey, man salute to God save the queen in it. <laughs> hey, salute to her in it. For what? What, Lizzie? So for what? No, you're right. You're right. And on that note, guys, um, we're going to sign off. Thank you guys for uh, those choices. All very, very dope. It just shows the breadth of the UK scene, especially in the last, in the latter half of the last like decade or so, has gone from strength to strength. So long may that continue. But before we go, any shout outs you want to guys make? You guys want to make? I want to shout out Chip just for that lovely response to Stormzy and Dave. And always being Chip. If that makes sense. He's always Chip. I know what to expect from this guy. Yeah, for real. Someone mentions the letter C, he's on their ass. <laughs> Chip. Yeah, Do you know right. what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, they can't even say chips. Yeah, for real. Hey, man. But we move. Hey, Pete. Salute to one of them. Cleo Soul, big up. Oh yeah, big up Carrie Matheson too, from Homeland. I finished Homeland yesterday. Carrie Matheson? Yeah, she's like the lead actress in it. Oh, the white woman? Yeah. Amazing show, but she's a dope actress. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for tuning in once again. We really, really appreciate it. Um, follow us on all the socials. Ra- Instagram is rhyme, at Rhymes Pod. Twitter at RLD Pod. Um, listen to us on SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts. You know, give us a follow. You know what I mean? Tell a friend to tell a friend. Spread the word. And spread love. It's the Brooklyn way. Fuck it, why not? And uh, yeah, why not? Just one last thing. Southgate, you're the one. Safe. Stop, don't say that, bro. Bye, everyone. Imagine they lose now. That's not going to happen. Don't.